0: Hi there! ho oh, there! And
1: welcome back to Ten Zero,
0: episode five,
1: where true crime and paranormal meet. I'm Caitlin.
0: I'm Maria.
1: And. President, you lose your shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was focused on something else, and that is the only reason I didn't. <laughs> we. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh shit
1: we have literally been trying to <laughs> record this beginning for the past 10 minutes
0: <laughs> it has not gone well until now
1: <laughs> and we just keep dying laughing every time
0: <laughs> I classify this as a win <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs>
1: well then are you starting or am I this well
0: I have the true oh. crime back. Oh okay, it's not really a true crime thing, but it is a, mass, a number of Oh. Um we're in Le Mans, France, June eleventh, nineteen fifty-five. Was a race. There was a car that flew into the stands that killed eighty two people. Oh. And led to a racing ban in many nations in
1: Europe. I can see that. Like, what kind of race was it? Was it like Formula One cars? Because I know that was banned for a while. Um, and they're fucking death traps anyway, so. Yeah. Okay, I want to go first
0: with you. Okay. Because this story is messed up beyond belief. Trigger warning: it does involve children and rape, not necessarily in the same sense. Okay. Okay. We are in Townsend, Massachusetts. Oh. We're
1: starting in 1970. I think I know where this is going. Possibly. do you, know? Possibly. Where do you know? The town sounds familiar. Not really sure, though.
0: Daniel Brooklyn. Oh. You know this one?
1: That, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time, so... I'm not super familiar, but I've heard the name.
0: Well, we don't get familiar. Okay. So, Danny, as everybody called him for some reason, was born May 16th, 1970. At that point, he lived with his mom, stepdad, and two brothers. He was physically, sexually, and mentally abused by both his father and stepfather. Which is usually how this goes.
1: Garbage humans. Um, He was bullied because of his
0: dyslexia. I have
1: dyslexia. Makes being a dispatcher kind of hard sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yep, sure does.
1: So I'm going to pull up our counter of how many times we can say garbage human in one story.
0: We're already at one. He was uh, bullied because of dyslexia. He had a non existent social life. Um, In his early teens, he was diagnosed with ADHD. Same. And his psychiatrist actually abused him for over a year.
1: Oh, not same.
0: Hopefully not same. So we're gonna start with the first part of his story, which is the Andrews family in nineteen eighty six. This was in Pepperell, Massachusetts. There was a dad named Brian and two daughters, Annie fifteen and Jessica eight. Brian had just lost his wife to cancer Year or two prior to this, um, Annie had begun receiving phone calls from Danny, who said he got her phone number from a friend at the school. Spoiler, that was a lie. He was creeping out it himself. Oh. It was believed that Danny broke into the Andrews home and took a liking to him. He had a history of breaking and entering and stealing things. He got excited from breaking in and People's
1: houses. So he liked the thrill that he got.
0: <coughs> because Annie had not seen him at school, he described himself as a tall, blonde, athletic, and smart kid. Have you oh.
1: seen pictures of him? No. Hmm.
0: Humor. It's not a good look.
1: Wow, all I did was type in Danny, and that was the first thing that popped up. Thanks for listening, Big Brother.
0: Oh, not tall, blonde, and no, like. definitely
1: not. <laughs> um, kind of gives me serial killer vibes in certain photos. Like, oh, just,
0: wait. Just, just wait, Daniel asked Annie to go to the fair with him the next she agreed so danny shows up to her house to pick her up she opens the door and sees that yeah obviously not what she expected. no anyone on the date anyway despite her shock and feeling about him um uh, he started asking questions about the death of her mother oh who, again had just died from Oh wow. And she got very uncomfortable, understandably, and left, making it very clear that she did not want to see him again.
1: Can't say I blame her.
0: Creepy and creepers. this Stalking or next level stalking. Or um. You Do you know where? It is?
1: I, I I think I'm I know where you're going with this, and I would call it next level stalking.
0: So, a few days after the fair, the sisters were home alone. Annie and her sister were home alone. They were sitting around talking about their mom, and they decided to have a seance in the basement. Oh. Bad juju?
1: Especially in the basement, because
0: basements are bad. Yes.
1: <laughs> basements are very
0: bad. Brian came home from work abruptly, so the girls just stopped. The
1: oh. Yay. Another bad juju. Brian. You never, ever, ever in the seance without closing the door. No.
0: So later that night, the girls were tapping in the walls. They thought it was because <laughs> they had come into contact with her. mom.
1: Understandable.
0: So the tapping became, so this is where the stalking starts. I mean, constant, but only when the girls were home alone or when Brian was sleeping. It got to the point where the girls were losing sleep because the tapping was so constant and only in their areas
1: of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Sorry, and guess what time it is? Oh, God damn it!
0: How do they always do this <laughs> every time. So things started to move around the house. For example, the girls would make food and leave it on the counter to leave the room for a few minutes and they come back and the food will be gone.
1: Understandable.
0: They were convinced that it was a ghost. And they even told their father who told them that they were having an overactive imagination. Well,
1: I mean, that would be my first kids told me, hey, you know, I left food on the counter, but it wasn't there five minutes later.
0: And it's gone. And it's gone. So one night, the girls were home alone. Started from below them in the basement. The AD grabbed a knife and they went into the basement to check and see if anybody was there. Written on the wall, in what looked like blood, said I'm in your room. Come and find me. I just got chills, just huh. about that. Yeah? The girls ran to their neighbors and stayed there until their dad came home. And dad took them to a therapist because they thought they were having grief issues from losing mom, which is understandable. Yeah. Two weeks later, the tapping was back. This time it's in Annie's room. Oh. Annie again grabbed a knife and both girls went upstairs. Written on the wall by Annie's door, I'm back. Find me if you can. At this point, I probably just <sighs> <laughs> yeah, Just probably. Myself. Both girls ran back to neighbors and called their father. And Brian agreed to come home, still not believing their story. However, after he entered the house to make sure everything was okay, he got upstairs <laughs> to Annie's room and saw Marry Me written on the wall. Oh.
1: Not creepy at all. <laughs>
0: So he turned around to see a scrawny boy wearing makeup, a blonde wig, and his dead wife's wedding dress, holding a hatchet.
1: Yeah, no.
0: So, <laughs> yeah. A squirrel
1: moment. This reminds me of that movie. Uh, that one movie with one person? <laughs> the, the horror movie.
0: That one movie with one person?
1: I don't remember if it was... A boy that was living in the walls, or if it was the doll that was living in the walls.
0: freaky. Oh, let me look it up. <laughs> let me know to find it. Okay? Okay. Uh, so, Ryan turned around to see a screwed boy wearing makeup, a blonde wig, and his dead wife's wedding dress holding a hatchet.
1: The boy. Yes, it's called The Boy and it is a movie about people who hire a nanny and the child that she is supposed to take care of is a life-size doll and she is supposed to care for it as if it was human and is this
0: Robert the doll kind
1: of thing? i think so um but it's called the boy and they do end up finding him in the walls
0: uh so Brian and Danny ended up fighting however Danny got away the police were called and they searched the house so behind Amy's dresser
1: mm-hmm. was
0: a small door
1: oh that's not creepy at all
0: leading to a crawl space in which they found Daniel oh he'd been living in that crawl space for two months
1: fuck you no
0: <laughs> not today not tomorrow <laughs> no not ever he was arrested and taken to jail in october 1987 the case was transferred to adult court and his mom bought him out
1: uh, of course because
0: mommy hears. mommy
1: is you know a garbage human and so is her son and <laughs> that's <to> the count <laughs>
0: charges for this four counts of kidnapping Ugh. four counts of armed assault in a dwelling breaking and entering larceny over $100 and malicious destruction of property yeah he had a court date after this which he obviously skipped of course um, November 1987 he broke into the neighbor stole two handguns.
1: oh that escalated quickly
0: Uh, this is where we get to the trigger warning part. These are gonna be the Gustafsons. Say that name. (laughs) Gustafsons. December 1st,
1: 1987.
0: Armed with a stolen handgun, Daniel walked the half mile from his house to the Gustafsson house. That family included 34-year-old Andrew, 33-year-old Priscilla, who was pregnant. Oh. Seven-year-old Abigail five-year-old William. Daniel entered the home to find Priscilla and William in the kitchen. He took Priscilla to her room, where he beat and raped her. Mm. He covered her head with a pillow and shot her twice in the head with a 22.
1: Yikes. Brace
0: yourself. <clears throat> he drowned in the upstairs bathroom. And when Abigail came home from school, he drowned her in the Delta. Gotta say, (laughs) say it with me, garbage Garbage human. human. (laughs) Andrew, the husband, arrived home around five and found his wife dead in their room. He immediately left the house and called the police. He did not go looking for the kids because he didn't know what he was going to find. Understandable, right? The police found the bodies of the children in the bathrooms; they had not been moved. They also found two .22 caliber bullet casings, an open but untouched can of beer, and semen stains on the bed, and shoe prints in the flower bed outside of the window in the bedroom. Ugh. <sighs> no, thank you.
1: It's a hard no.
0: So, now we're tasked with finding <clears throat> the game. Detectives came up with a list of suspects, and he obviously landed himself on it, given his recent history and release. Of course. He was known for robberies in the area. He enjoyed breaking in, as I said earlier, he enjoyed breaking into houses and randomly moving things because he's a creepy person. December 2nd, 1987, police questioned Danny at the Townsend Public Library. He said that he was home and then went to his six-year-old niece's birthday party. Mm -hmm. Later that day... That was a lie. Light detector determined... Later that day, he went... I'm sorry, the police went back to question him further. Danny was on the porch and saw them coming. He took off running into the woods.
1: Can't read drone notes?
0: No. (laughs) Chicken script. In the woods, separating the plant and Gustafson homes, they found Daniel's shirt and a wet pair of gloves, believed to be used to drown the kids. Daniel was not trying to lay low. He abducted a woman in her Volkswagen bus, which I'm jealous of, and made her drive him around town. She escaped on foot and reported the incident. And she's up in Yeah. December 3rd,
1: 1987,
0: Daniel is found in a dumpster in Er, Massachusetts. Oh. Besides being a garbage human at that counter. See what I did there? It was great.
1: <laughs> Literal sense of the term.
0: While being arrested, he was laughing hysterically.
1: Of course he was. He's a garbage. Human.
0: God damn. Now we're just trying to say it.
1: I think that's a goal. Like we have to say it at least ten times in an episode. <laughs>
0: So Danny's trial began October nineteen eighty eight. He pled not guilty to all three murder charges. The prosecution called fifty witnesses, many of whom were family to him. Oh. Yeah. In an attempt for leniency, Danny's lawyer brought up his being abused as a child and everything he went through as far as the bullying and abuse and right. all that fun stuff. After only five hours of deliberation, the jury found him guilty. Don't blame them. He earned himself three life sentences to be served consecutively, Ooh. and he is in MCI Norfolk Prison in Massachusetts. Good, that's where he belongs. Yeah. Um, Nineteen ninety-three, his appeal was requested due to improper search warrant of his home, which was denied. Clearly, he is a shit prisoner, absolute shit prisoner.
1: Well, what do you expect?
0: Well, just wait. In 2000, he requested to be segregated due to threats from other prisoners, which was frankly unfortunate. Yep. However, he sued the board of prisons for not allowing him access to the library. Oh. Which kind of happens when you're being segregated. Yeah. He won 450 dollars. Woohoo! I thought there was, I don't know if it was a thing when this happened, but I thought it you were a prisoner and you you were a murderer or something whatever monies you won from court cases went I, I think that was a think thing that's a thing but I don't know when it started
1: um but I know even if it didn't it probably just went into his commentary because he couldn't spend right. it any other way
0: Oh, yeah. Here we are. He caused a scene when porn someone
1: sent him in the mail
0: was confiscated. Oh. Which is contraband. That's not how this works.
1: Yeah, it's contraband and, you know, you have those weird fangirls that are like, oh my god, it's so hot that you're a fucking murderer. Garbage humans.
0: (laughs) There you go. So 2013, this is absolutely hilarious. Oh,
1: geez. In 2013,
0: he made claims that he was not being allowed to exercise his faith. Since he had become, or since he had found himself in prison, he had become wicked, which is fine. He required ritual oils to practice, and they were refusing to give it
1: to him. Well, I can't say that I... Blame them, but at the same time, there's the Freedom of Religion Act.
0: You really love your actual.
1: yeah.
0: Apparently, carrot cake is an oil because he kept requesting carrot cake. <laughs> <What the fuck?
1: laughs> How is carrot cake? Carrot
0: cake. Sure. I want carrot cake too, but shit. So, in 2017, he appealed for a reduced sentence after the Supreme Court ruled juveniles could not be sentenced to life without po- the possibility of parole, hmm. He hoped to get his sentence changed so he could serve his three life sentences life, <laughs> life sentences life sentences get it together instead of consecutively, which was denied he ended up being resentenced to his original sentence of three life sentences consecutively oh unfortunately Is eligible for parole in 2032. So we have 11 years until he's possibly.
1: I don't even want to think about, you know, that far ahead because I'll have a kid that's my second kid from high school then. Yeah. And uh, that'll make me old.
0: Yeah. So at his resentencing, the Gustafson family was there. Um, Andrew I'm not sure if Andrew was there or not but Priscilla's sister definitely was he made an apology however was stone faced and made no eye contact with anyone oh so that's a real apology his apology was quote I do not have the words to fully express my profound sorrow, but I am truly sorry for the harm that I have caused. From the very essence of who I am, from the depths of my soul, I'm sorry. You're not. No. You're not. Mm You just don't want to be in prison anymore. Exactly. Are you ready for me to break your heart? Uh, do good. So, Andrew Gustafson, already married in 1989, to Carol. Who is also a widow. Both wore two wedding rings. One for their marriage. Mm -hmm. And one to remember their deceased spouses. Does that not break your fucking heart?
1: It does. I just want someone to love me that way. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Just kidding. I have that. He might be an asshole sometimes, but he's my asshole and I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: You're me to stomp on your broken heart.
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs> just do it already.
0: In May twenty fourteen, Andrew died from cancer at age sixteen. Aw. That's all. I don't have any more heartbreaking to do. <laughs>
1: Thank God. <laughs>
0: that, to have some just thinking about me living in my walls for two months I and mean, yeah. not knowing it.
1: Yeah, that's that's just oof. No, it's a whole lot of nope. That's a nope.
0: That's a nope for me. Especially if be a creepy little scrawny freaky voice. Right. I understand that he was bullied. Who hasn't been bullied?
1: Yeah, if you can say that you haven't been bullied, you're either a liar or you're extremely fucking lucky.
0: Or you were the bullier.
1: Yeah. And in which case, you're a garbage human.
0: What do we have to know? Hey! <laughs> <Yeah. That's> so- <laughs> And the fact that
1: they wore two wedding rings, that just breaks my heart. It's sad. But it's a nice way to remember a loved one.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, Marcus and I are not married. I don't even know if we're ever going to read, just because we view it as not needing a piece of paper. Um, Which is fine. But at the same time, I want that. I want to be able to walk down an aisle in the white dress and basically tell him I want to be with you for the rest of my life. And if he ever died, I don't think I could ever remarry. Like, that's just one of those things that I I get like being younger and wanting that companionship. But I don't know if I could get remarried to somebody else.
0: I think I've Driven Jeremy crazy to the point where he would probably not remarry.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is that. Don't I'm kind wrong. of a psychopath. That's fine.
0: Don't get me wrong i I love being married, and I enjoyed our wedding day.
1: Every day leading up to it was not I can't believe that. Did you all Bridezilla?
0: No. Okay. I did not give two shits. <laughs> I literally did not. Give well, it was? As- we didn't have a wedding cake. What? Because they put the wrong date down on our phone. Oh, wow. So our ceremony was at 5 and it's 4 30, and the coordinator comes in asking if we heard anything about our wedding cake. Nope. nope
1: shit. Nope. Oh, shit. <laughs> nope, we oh did not. man. Okay, so last week I told you guys that we were going to go with a personal story because I have yet to find anything substantial for anything that I've wanted to do. Um, I had a bunch of ideas. However, you know, lack of sleep and doing other things.
0: Perks of being a night dispatcher. You know.
1: Baseball season and all that fun junk. Um, we're going to dive into what I classify as being open to the paranormal and seeing things and hearing things that other people really don't understand. Um, when we moved here, I was really, really young. We moved to a Queen Anne style home. It was all original. It had all the original woodwork, pocket doors, everything. Like fantastic house. Um and this was back in the nineties. So it had like weird ass wallpaper and all sorts of old stuff. Well, there were three bedrooms upstairs and a bathroom. And our bathroom had, like, a little door that led to almost, like, an attic, I guess, above, like, where our laundry room was. And I was terrified of that door. I hated that door with a passion, and I never really understood why. Um, And we had, like, the hotel windows above our bedroom doors. So... It's just a clear pane of glass above the door and the windows would open. That way you could get air circulating if the door was shut. This will all come into play later, I promise. Um, Downstairs we had one bedroom that my mom converted to her art room because she paints and that closet bugged me and I'm not really sure why. Um, To this day, I don't know why that that closet bugged me, but I hated going near that closet. Um, So when you walk up the stairs to the bedrooms, you had my mom's bedroom on the right side. My bedroom was straight down the hallway, and then my brother's went down another hallway to your right, and it was there. Um, When I was about six years old... And when I wake up from them, it's normally, like, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, of course. And I would see, like, this black mass on my ceiling. There was nothing there, mind you. It was a white ceiling. And it was that, like, popcorn ceiling shit. Um, and so this black mass would just float. And it didn't have a definitive shape. It was just there. So on the nights that I would see this, I would go into my mom's room. So I'd have to walk about 25 feet. And I'd go crawl into bed with her. And when I would lay down, I would stare where the TV is at the foot of her bed. And... And I would see, like, this black shadow figure. I would try to wake my mom up and tell her what's going on. And she would never fully understand it until she saw it for herself, too. Um, I was about 10 at the time. And she thought, in the middle of the night, I was standing at the foot of her bed. So she tried, you know, saying my name a couple times, and eventually she got loud enough to where I woke up in my bedroom, and I said, what? The figure dissipated at that point, um, so from then on out, my mom and I, we cleaned the house as best as we could, not really knowing how to do it, um, Because back then we didn't have all of the people hating the fact that people use sage and cultural appropriation and all that jazz. Um, So we cleansed the house. Well, mainly she cleansed the house. I just thought it was weird that she was walking around with a smudging stick through all the window or through all the house and. Things died down for a bit, and I was like 14 or 15 at the time, and I started having dream, like, not really dreams, nightmares, where I would feel choked in the middle of the night. I would wake up gasping. Um, I still have those occasionally. It's rare now. But it normally happens after something traumatic happened. Um, be it like the death of a family member or something like that. Um, but fast forward to... When I was 17... I started hanging out with someone who... Claimed to be Wiccan at the time. And they went to a seance in my attic. I declined. I didn't want any part of it. She left it alone until I was 18. It was our friend Tyler, her, me, and I believe my friend Mike. And those two, or Tyler and her, went upstairs. And I didn't know this until later, but they burned pages of a Bible upstairs while they were trying to contact whatever spirit was up there. Yeah. They, they drew a pentagram on the floor in chalk. Um, and that's when all the weirder things started happening. I would hear footsteps. Um, a name being said and no one was in the house. It was just me. So that's when I like kind of stuck my headphones on and just stayed on my computer and stayed to myself. I tried to ignore everything. Um, I didn't find out about the Bible until about six months later when I went upstairs to get something out of the attic or put something up there and ended up finding the pentagram on the floor. I immediately broke it and erased it as best as i could um and that's when i found the pages that they had burned because they didn't burn the whole page it was just bits and pieces um and then they just left it up there
0: well,
1: that's yeah so i'm a big believer in paranormal so I downloaded an app for my phone to... It it acts almost as if it's a spirit box. And one night, fooling around with it, I heard the word haunted. And I asked who was haunted. And it didn't say anything. But... The next day i had a very very vivid dream this happened a couple months ago and in that dream it was as if i was at work going through everything like normal i go home and it was like i w- had went to bed and was living the dream within a dream so I feel like that's not good. no i i didn't think it was good at the time either
0: Some Yeah.
1: And so I got on the app again and I didn't get anything for a while. And then I got the word guide because I was explaining to Maria through text message, you know, what I had experienced. And I got the word guide from talking about it. So naturally, I'm asking, you know, was it you that guided me through the dream? I got yes. I have chills just thinking about it right now. <laughs> um, so I deleted the app from my phone. I don't. I don't necessarily think that it's accurate by any means because Big Brother is always watching, it is always listening, and. I just, if it was, you know, guided through that or anything like that. So I'm very skeptical about that part. But since then, nothing's happened. Um, I did get some clarity. I talked to a friend who has a pair of dowsing rods and asked if it was, you know, something malicious. It said no. Asked if it was something, or someone that was, you know, proud of me, it said yes. So, I'm hoping that it was, you know, a relative that passed on, or something like that. And, since then just left me alone. Knock on wood. <laughs> um,
0: and now
1: you yourself. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it's like a weight lifted talking about it. Yeah. Um, I just and the best way to get rid of one is to give it away you are not supposed to burn it throw it away attempt to break it in any way um
0: moral of the story if someone tries to give you a ouija board do not don't take take it
1: don't take it (laughs) do not do not even buy one um because there's no guarantee that that stuff closes the door um or, you know, I just, I, I can't, I can't funny. stress that enough. When you try to contact the dead, you you can open a door, and there's no guarantee that that's who you're actually talking to, or what you're actually talking to. Um, as we have learned from multiple multiple paranormal stories that. Are completely famous. There's no guarantee that that's who or what you're communicating with, and if you don't attempt to close that door at the end of it, you're leaving that portal open, and there's no telling what can go through.
0: You're making me think of things and adding them to my list of things that like you. <laughs> I don't do Ouija boards. I
1: don't do seances. I don't, I don't do that. That's enough. Now, I have done seances before. Um, however, they were with someone who actually knew what they were doing. Um, and we had, you know, it was during an exploration that I'll get into... In another episode that's a story for another time but we were exploring this place that was haunted everyone else wanted to do it i was kind of like no i don't want to <laughs> um Maybe. and i feel like we did close the door because nothing happened after that but if you're going to attempt a seance, do it with someone who absolutely knows what they're doing. I don't condone it in any way. I'm
0: not afraid to say I'm chicken
1: shit when it comes to <laughs> seance. I, I'm chicken shit on a lot of things. Well, okay.
0: So, my stuff on pagan. Which is fine. Totally fine. So, we he, he just think about it. So, <laughs> She went to a graveyard that's by her house and got grave dirt. No! And just white. And brought it back in the house. No! Mm
1: -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. I I still have chills. It has been the same set of chills as I said.
1: God!
0: (laughs) So she brought in this grave dirt. I, I love this woman to death. But she brought the grave dirt in the house. And ever since this shit's been fucked up so there's a hallway you come in the front door you go in the living room and there's a hallway that goes back it's an east to west hallway so the laundry room is on one side i still have the same set of chills and i hate my life <laughs> <laughs> so the laundry room is on one side the bathroom is directly across from it and then caddy corner is the mat then there's like a little office space thing so we were sitting on the couch one night, and I heard, like, a little, and I wasn't sure what it was. And I was just looking at my phone, and I looked up, and it looked like somebody walked from the laundry room into the bathroom.
1: Dude! I
0: still have the set that of
1: chills. Chill. I just got, no.
0: <laughs> I did not claim that
1: negative energy <laughs> whatsoever. God.
0: Well, she, so, after that. Things were relatively quiet. And then... You I know, just had the camera. So, she got up one night because she heard somebody in the kitchen, which isn't abnormal at the time. It was me, my stepsister, her boyfriend, their baby, and occasionally her son and her youngest daughter. It wasn't abnormal for somebody to be in the kitchen. Right. Especially two, three o'clock in the morning because, you know, a bunch of teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes in the kitchen, every single drawer and every single cabinet is
1: open. Yeah, no, that's bad juju. That's poltergeist activity.
0: And you you take a step in the kitchen, you hear the floor creak. Right. Like there's no stepping around it like you, right. when you're a teenager, you're trying to sneak around. God there's no it. stepping around the spot. We have tried. (laughs) Every single cabinet and every single drawer. So she closed them all,
1: went back to them. Well, that's another thing you don't mess with. You don't go to someone's final resting place and mess with it.
0: Yeah, no. I'm
1: good. I mean, cleaning it up and respecting it is one thing. Because, you know, you see a lot of people on TikTok that go through and... I don't condone seances. I don't. No. I don't like opening a door that you can't guarantee is shut when you're done with it. Right. Um. Hence why I won't play with Ouija boards.
0: No. Oh, that's a no. Um. Definitely.
1: Not. One of my friends tried to get rid of a Ouija board when we were younger, that she had had for a while. The same friend that burnt the Bible. And
0: learned your lesson.
1: We were. We were. I think fourteen or fifteen at the time, and her and a group of other friends were playing with one, and she tried to get rid of it. She tried to throw it away. It ended up up back in her closet. Um, she tried burning it. Ended up back in the closet. Um, no, the from what I've from what I like restore headstones and stuff. That is respectful and not out there and trying to take something home with you. Um, Just like if you go to an abandoned house, do not take anything home with you. (laughs) Um, My mom used to re like, she thought, you know, one person's trash was another person's treasure. Which is fine. And she went she to this house, and she really liked the door. It was an inside door. It was like a door to a bedroom. She brought it home. <laughs> like an idiot. Well. And the when, the moment that the door touched the porch, you could just tell that something was off in the house. Like, it just felt weird. Um, that we lived in over
0: yeah. She yes him.
1: and and this was before that um so she brought home this door and she had she had been making like hall trees out of doors and when she brought the door inside the house that's when we started hearing like disembodied voices and footsteps when no one else was in the house and we had pets and our pets started reacting to whatever it was so our dog boots at the time he was getting up there ate and he started reacting because he couldn't go upstairs anymore very well so he'd lay on like the bottom landing before it turned and go downstairs and he started reacting to the point where he would bark and there would be no one in the house like we'd all be upstairs getting ready for bed, and he would just start barking out of nowhere. Um, One night, he started growling at like 2 a.m. Yeah. Um, So, I told mom, I go, where did you get that door? And she told me, and I go, go put it the fuck back. (laughs) She goes, do you think that's what's causing all of this? And I go, yeah, go fucking put it back. (laughs) I was only don't like 13 at the shit. time. And I'm like, dude, don't do stupid That is That is my motto. It really is. Don't do stupid shit. <laughs> don't do stupid shit. Um, normally, I wouldn't talk to my mom like that. Because back then, you'd it get popped. backhanded. <laughs> um, so she ended up taking the door back. It was about a week later, but she took the door back and everything went back to normal. Um, until you know my friends were garbage humans and fucking did that. <laughs> so to say that you know I've had experiences with the paranormal almost all my life would be an understatement. Um, I've had more than enough experiences and more than enough stories to tell you guys so we'll probably do like a personal experience episode every couple months.
0: We would love to add our personal stories to your personal stories. Yes. So if you want to send those in, that'd be great. Yeah. So we can do a listener story once a month.
1: Our email will be in the podcast notes.
0: As well as our Facebook and Instagram. See I did not forget
1: this time. Yay! Mark it on the calendar. Hey. That's two episodes in a row. Hey, look at
0: me. <laughs> Marlon, putting this this. Um, when we say personal stories, we mean just about anything. If you had a paranormal experience, you had a ghosty or a not-so-nice whatever follow you and shenanigans, or I <laughs> mean the shenanigans counter. How many times I say shenanigans in an episode?
1: <laughs> Year three all of them like two
0: sentences Uh, anyway if you were involved in a crime thing without being convicted of said crime
1: (laughs) (laughs) even if you were convicted um if you are out now and you're listening to this go ahead send us your story if that's what you want to do um we will leave no stone unturned
0: also please if you do send in your story, two things. Put listener story in the subject line so I can sort through everything and put them in a different box.
1: Yes. Also,
0: if you don't want your name mentioned, make sure you put that in there. Yes. Because otherwise I will
1: say your name. Okay. And the names of the friends in my story were made up. Um, I mean, I do have friends named Mike and Tyler, however. Not that Mike. And Tyler. Not that Mike and Tyler. <laughs> um <laughs> So, I kind of just... <laughs>
0: They're a very generic name, it's fine. So,
1: it's okay. um, if you wish to re- remain... <laughs> remain. Today, <laughs> <laughs>, yes. If you wish to remain anonymous, <laughs> make sure you tell us that. Um.
0: Otherwise, we will say your name. And hope that you don't get mad at us. Yes. okay. okay.
1: And as always, thanks for listening. And we hope you come back for more episodes.
0: Stay safe. And don't become the next 10-0.